May the force. Force the force. 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 Force the force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your source for everything Star Wars gaming. Each week, your hosts will go over the news, updates, and more that have been happening in the galaxy far, far away. Welcome to this episode of Star Wars Uplink. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and joined with me today is Brian from the Pink Milk Podcast. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, apologize early in advance to all your listeners about my um, vast knowledge of video games. <laughs> yeah, so in this this podcast, like Brian and Pink Milk, I really love their presence in the Star Wars community. Great, great source of just really impactful positivity in the Star Wars universe and the fandom. So I was like, okay, let's have him on the podcast. I, I, I kind of knew you were on the outskirts of video games, and then I sent you a message like, hey, would you be interested in coming on the podcast? And we, we started talking, you're like, uh, I'm not a huge gamer guy, not not really on that side of things, but I was like, okay, that that's perfect. That's a really good perspective to have, because I'm like steeped in the video mm-hmm. games. Um, I don't play them as much as I want to anymore, just because I'm so busy, but I love video games. I love Star Wars video games. They're starting to ramp up, and to get that perspective of someone who is more of the the movies and the uh, shows uh your background if you're watching this on video is just incredible uh i want to replicate it now (laughs) i want all those posters (laughs) 80s nerd i'm an 80s kid nerd trans that transformer movie poster in the background is the best transformers movie oh so good and and it's uh if you are watching this on the podcast it's like the 87 the only transformers movie as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. and that came all the way from holland with me like oh wow like 2000 maybe 2001 somewhere in there i brought it back i That's wish incredible. i wish it wasn't in english it would have been even cooler but whatever that would be yeah that'd be awesome <laughs> it says holland there in the fine print That's all i need <laughs> That's awesome. But in this episode, we're going to dive deep into all, all of the different aspects, the perspective of someone that is in the broader side of the Star Wars fandom. So let's jump right in. Just you reconsider playing that message for him. So for people who don't know, what is Pink Milk? Uh, we are a Star Wars podcast where we talk Star Wars queerly. We are uh, all LGBTQ plus individuals, and that's kind of how we... Uh, um, watch Star Wars. We watch it through our queer lens and uh, do a lot of queer coding in the show and just how um, we see Din Djarin. I'll just go with Din Djarin because everybody loves our boy Din, just so you know he's gay. And uh, this is canon. (laughs) There is no interpretation. Um, He's not bi. He's not pan. He is a gay dude. And he and Cobb Vanth are going to get married one day and uh, raise baby (laughs) Grogu together. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I I can check out with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. (laughs) I don't know how anyone. My boy not. Cobb Vanth, man. Uh, last few episodes, as we were breaking down uh, Book of Boba Fett, like I love that dude. Like he is just, I his character is so great, and like has somehow was even better in Book of Boba Fett. Like surprisingly, so. <laughs> hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Oh God, I don't know. We when we started, we had just uh, had a live stream where I met. Mark and Emma joined Pink Milk After Dark. So the Pink Milk started with my husband and I. 
and he's a casual fan at best, and we've been together now 14-something years, so he's been forced to listen to Star Wars for 14 <laughs> years. And uh, I was like, you know, I've never heard a podcast where like just a casual person can listen because like we get nerdy real quick mm-hmm. and like it goes over most people's heads. So I was like, oh, that would be a really fun show. Then like everyone can listen. That was my uh, my mindset at the beginning. Yeah. And then within a few months, I was like, well, no just casual Star Wars fan is really going to listen to a Star Wars podcast. That's like too nerdy. So it didn't work. But people like <laughs> kind of liked that we were – husband's talking about it, and that's just kind of what started to work and then mm-hmm. we um we've adopted three kids through the uh foster system and our middle son was our last son to get to us uh happened while we were on the podcast and so it just kind of we started oh, wow. really talking about our found family and that pairs so well with star mm-hmm. wars obviously and so that kind of took over that part of the show so mm-hmm. tom and i talk a lot about our found family experience. And then after dark, I met Mark and Emma through, uh, speaking of Mandalorian, we started watching season one of Mandalorian. I thought it was the queerest show I've ever seen. Like I said, didn't turn this gay. It is Canon. And, uh, so I put together, I think there was like 10 of us in total, different, uh, queer people from all different shades of the rainbow. And we really talked about like our queer experiences and it was, there's still some of my favorite podcasts that we've done. I don't know if the audio quality, all that is the best, but the, like, <laughs> I just think there was a group of queer people who got to talk about Star Wars in a way that we don't normally get to talk about it. And it was really mm-hmm. impactful. Um, and then Mark and Em and I just really hit it off. And so we started a live stream like everyone did during the uh, pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think it was Twitch numbers went up like 80 to 90 <laughs> percent yeah. over the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, we were all. Um, so, what did you do with it. your lack of commute? Well, I started a podcast <laughs> exactly. and a live stream. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then so we did After Dark, and that got um, without my husband here to kick my shins. It got real thirsty real quickly. Oh and, boy! <laughs> uh, Chase joined us earlier this year. Uh, they were a steam queen. That's what we call our our viewers there in the chat room, and uh, the four of us now have after dark and it's a lot of fun because we're all like super star wars nerds so we can get deep Mm -hmm. and yeah have all that stuff it's a lot of fun what what is your dream star wars pairing like character like a ship yeah what's your dream ship oh well i can't say din cob anymore because it's canon so (laughs) (laughs) but when that started like emma emma is a huge shipper she's a fanfic fanfic writer and everything right and i had never heard of shipping before i didn't know what this was Mm -hmm. and i was like oh you're talking about the razor crest (laughs) exactly i was like oh i'm not really that into it and then um episode one of season two of mandalorian came out and uh i those videos are very funny on YouTube because I was uncontrollably <laughs> excited. <laughs> um, but, and I would also say Storm Pilot, Poe and Finn, okay. but that's also canon, so I can't mm-hmm. really go with that. So let's go with a fictional ship and, uh, you know, um, let's go with Din Luke. I'll let Din, okay. I'll let, Din, uh, that's for Chase. That's for our no, other listeners who are uh, <laughs> Din Luke shippers. <laughs> I'm here for for that. That's fine. Let's go. Yeah, on. switching gears a little bit, diving a little bit deeper. Huge, you're a huge Star Wars fan. We we've been kind of hinting on your your 
diving deeper, especially in this this kind of queer uh, lens towards it, mm-hmm. and then diving de- in uh, diving diving Jen into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are you? What is your sp- perspective on like the video games? Like, are you someone who uh, really wants to play the games, just can't find the time, and you really want to experience that that story? Like, what is that perspective for you? Um. Well, I wish I could play Super Star Wars and all of those mm-hmm. games from Super Nintendo because those are amazing. Um, I know you can somehow do them right on a what are they called an yeah, engine they, on the computer? And they uh, they released a it wasn't necessarily a remaster, but it was a, a port to the PlayStation Four that you can play it on. Oh, really? Okay. Well, see, you already talked yeah. about a port. I don't know what that is, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to figure it out. Uh, no, I wish I could play the games more. To be totally mm-hmm. honest, I don't know how. I, okay. I don't, I can't, this is, uh, if, you, if you're not watching, I know how to look up. <laughs> and then I know how to look down on the ground. <laughs> I cannot get past it. My son and I try to play um, Battlefront sometimes. And mm-hmm. I like to watch. So I always watch cutscenes and all that yeah. stuff on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I really want to play them. I just don't know how. Okay. Are you, like you say, you're watching like cutscenes and that kind of thing. Yeah. So you know the stories of these games, right? Yeah. What are, you, what are your, uh, what do you think of like how the stories of these video games are actually uh, interweaving into the the shows? Obviously not as much as I definitely want them to. Like it'd be mm. so great if, and uh, like I'd be down for uh, Cal Kestis to show up in Obi-Wan. Like that'd be so great. Oh, dude, Cal Kestis is coming. Like it's. Like it's got to happen, right? They are broadcasting it way too much. And again, forgive me, uh, I don't always remember a planet name. So we had the planet in season two with Grogu on the Seeing Stone. That was from Fallen Order, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we have uh, Inquisitor, uh, whatever, the Inquisitor yeah, Castle. The, inqui- the exact <laughs> castle you go through in Jedi yes. Fallen Order. <laughs> and all your listeners now, like Brian doesn't really like Star Wars. He doesn't know any names. <laughs> um no i love it like i was really so excited for uh like uh battlefront fans Mm -hmm. in tlj when the compass was there in the back like that like that stuff is so cool to me and then when you found out i don't remember if it was like a specific youtube thing but they were going in to detail about how they made it and it was like that Mm -hmm. last minute edition but they all put so much care and time into it like that's just like and even um, awesome. the uh, like uh, in Battlefront 2's campaign, they had like the whole uh, basically like force vision that you go through and you're turning through these corridors. That's basically the force skyping that they did in the Last Jedi, yep. and the the writers said they threw that they 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 wrote that in there as like a really fun thing for the force, but they had no idea that it was going to show up in the Last Jedi, and they were so happy when they were watching it. And they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's the thing we did." <laughs> That's like that. Oh, you know, I'm here for it. I think, um, mm-hmm. like the story of Battlefront, um, with Aiden Versa, right? Is that her name? Yep, Aiden Versio. I think I, w- I wish some of that stuff was actually more baked in the sequel trilogy, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm a huge fan of Bloodline, I, a book. I don't know if everyone should, yes, read it. it's so good. Yes. Like, yeah, that's, my favorite was- Star Wars book. It's so good. I, dude, I'm right there with you. That yeah. Star Wars Bloodline, I love that so much. And it, it did a really good job of 
painting the political side of things of yep. Star Wars in a much more digestible way that was very clear. You got the intricacies yep. of it instead of like the the Clone Wars or the the prequels where they're like, yeah, we're, we've got politics, politics, man. It's like, <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> I, it's. Uh, Look, I'm in my 40s. I know I'm not supposed to love the prequels as much as like <laughs> what I'm supposed to stereotypical love, but um, the prequels are my favorite Star Wars. Like I love them. Oh wow! <laughs> I, I mean, I've grown to appreciate them. Okay, I, yeah. I I had a very unique um, experience. Like I was growing up with the prequels, but mm-hmm. I never really watched them. It was original trilogy all the way. Like my parents were like, "We're watching the original trilogy," and like. I don't think it was like an like a, an effort thing where they're like you know you're not watching the prequels but like we were yeah. introduced to Star Wars with the original trilogy and that's what we watched all the time. I wanted to be Luke. I had like my Taekwondo vest that I I wore around. I had a little <laughs> I had a a belt and I put my lightsaber on there. I wanted to be Luke. I love um, it. And then we we watched the prequels obviously and we really appreciated the the settings and all of that stuff. But like there was the time in what was it the early 2000s maybe um 2010s where prequel hate was at its highest <laughs> and like i didn't watch them forever mm-hmm. um and then going back a uh, couple uh, several years ago and rewatching them like there there's just the world building there the characters the everything else they did such a great job and I'm glad to see that there is more of this rise of prequel stuff because, like, y- you saw whether you like it or, or or not, you heard Luke say Palpatine <laughs> in the Last Jedi, which, like, who would have thought that would ever happen? And it was so good. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> look, also, look. You asked me about video games, and look how quickly I diverted that question. <laughs> to the, to let's talk about prequels. I'm sorry. So, like, what what is your dream video game? Like, if if you could say, hey, this is the game that I want to play, is it? You know, I think the Lego game is about to give me my dream video game. Like, I don't know if I would love it to look like Lego exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not totally my jam. Like, yeah. I have three kids that, so I live with lots of Legos and Ninjago and all that. <laughs> but I love the idea of being able to be any character in any saga and just kind of mm-hmm. like writing your own story. Like if that, that would be my dream video game. Like a choose your own adventure book mm-hmm. and any character anywhere I think would be really fun. And 2d. Give me a side scroller. I'm here for yeah. a side scroller game, <laughs> maybe a beat up still like, actually, yeah. Can I do that? Can I have any character from any trilogy mm-hmm. on any world? That'd be so great. But a side scroller beat them um, up. Yeah, and actually go. be good. Because uh, they had, I think it was Terracossi. They did a, a Star Wars fighting game. That was so bad. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> the coolest thing that came out of Terracossi was when uh, uh, Kira mentions mm-hmm. Terracossi in the solo movie. It's <laughs> like, there you go. That made it worth it. That made it worth it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Such That's such a bad game. Like I'd, I'd love to see like a Heroes versus Villains game, like the mode in Battlefront. Yeah. Where, oh, I mean, for yeah, a while, yeah. Battlefront 2 was like, no, this is, we're trying to make it as canon and po- as possible. You can't have, like, you can't have non-era heroes on the maps and all that fun stuff. And I'm glad that for Heroes vs. Villains, they started doing that. But honestly, I would love to fight eight Grievouses versus eight Lukes. That'd be great. I think yes. it'd be super cool. <laughs> yes. I think you can I, do that, too, with uh, the Kyber mod that they, they have. 
What's I see you're already over my head, my friend. There <laughs> is, is a, a mod uh, like like you can buy like like separate things. Is that what it is? Like so you can buy skins? it's a it's a fan a <laughs> fan community thing where they they got a bunch of developers. It's open source and they're working together. They they work together to implement this modification that you can download and add to your game. And you can do custom matches, private matches, and you can uh, even like customize which characters are on the game. Oh, like it's it's crazy the amount that's of stuff amazing. that they've been able to do. Um, so I think you can do that on there, but I don't necessarily dive too deep into the mods side of things okay. of the games. But it's always there. Like man, I kind of want to do that. Is this just like people in their living rooms and basements and stuff doing this kind of stuff? Yeah, just the fans of the community, they really want something. They want to keep the game going when the developers have kind of ended the, the support. So they're like, yeah. let's do something. And now that it is no longer getting updates, they don't have to work around the game constantly changing so they can develop this and have a pretty good code base. Dude, that is that is rad. Like that, right? th- that conversation might help get me get into video games all in itself because I think that sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I the did, community uh, coming together. I just bought, well, maybe a year ago, uh, uh, Streets of Rage, which is like a big game on the Sega okay. Genesis when I was a kid. And they just came out with number four. And I want that as a Star Wars game. Like, Ooh. I love it. Like, pays respect to what was where it came from. But, like, mm-hmm. the animation is so rad. And yeah. I love, like, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And, like, I think there's, there's so much there's so much growth and opportunity to have in the video game space. I really would, we're starting to get more, but I I hope that we start getting a lot more and we eventually do get the case where yes, there's star Wars games that are bad that are coming out, but we're also, we also have five star Wars games that came out this year. So if one of them's bad, that's fine. I've got four others that I can play and we're slowly but surely getting more developers that are working on it, but it's still like, there's still this weight of it. Like everything has to be this huge thing. It's like, no, I'm fine with just having like a game where I play a droid on Coruscant that I have to go and like solve puzzles. Like, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. I, I, I would love it if Lucasfilm reached out to, and this could be across a lot of mediums too, like even like mm-hmm. comics and stuff, like give it to some indie creators. And yes. if you need to specify, it's not Canon. Like I'm not a big person. I don't really, care mm-hmm. what's canon versus not canon for me yeah. um i like emma on after dark is like way into it it's really important to her um but, like i think that would be really that would be fun you know like mm-hmm. um like cuphead and stuff like that i love yes. the things that these like indie people do it's just so like out there mm-hmm. and amazing and that's also that game is impossible i it's so damn hard excuse me it's so um, difficult <laughs> it's so hard uh but yeah, like I would love Star Wars to do that. Like I, mm-hmm. I miss George Lucas and his indie mindset. Like I, I mean, yeah. I know George could be a little cranky, but he had his middle finger up at like lots of people all the time, and I kind of miss that. That's one of the reasons uh-huh. that I love the Last Jedi so much, and I also understand mm-hmm. why a lot of people have frustrations yeah. with it because I do feel there is a little bit of a middle finger up. Mm-hmm. In, oh, like a res- in, a, in like a respectful way it just felt very respectfully true to what, but <laughs> yeah it felt like what george would do you know like yeah. i just was like i'm here for that i love it mm-hmm. and i feel like indie gamers come in with a different indie creators let me say that because i'm not a gamer yeah. so let me say indie creators come in with a different hunger 
mm-hmm. and a different perspective. And when you give someone who didn't normally get a shot, they usually really care. So it shows yeah. and you're going to get something interesting because if you're an artist and a creator like that, you're going to go against the grain because this is my one shot. I'm going to do everything that I wanted to do that I didn't yeah. think they ever would. And I think you get some great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, that's something that I want to see go to even the movies as well. I would love to see those smaller experiences, like nothing. I, I don't, in my personal opinion, something that I want more in star Wars is those smaller experiences. I want to see that more personal thing. I don't want everything to interconnect. This is not Marvel. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be Marvel. I don't want it to have constantly connecting things where nothing ever ends. Like I'm, I would love a beginning, middle, and an end. Make lost, lost stars into a show or a movie. That'd be great. Yes, a lot of people would love it. Like, I think those type of experiences are something that we're desperately lacking, and they're playing it pretty safe uh, for a lot of those decisions. This podcast is a production of Uplink Media Group. Uplink is a podcast network dedicated to highlighting the love and experience of gaming and pop culture. Check out our other shows, The Battlefield Show, Star Wars Uplink, and The Forge, the Halo Infinite podcast, as well as our YouTube channels for even deeper dives into Battlefield, Star Wars, and more. YouTube.com slash Uplink podcast and StarWarsUplink.com. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Taking a little side tangent here. What did you think of Book of Boba Fett? Well, this is going to be difficult, especially because you started this conversation with how positive we are, or I, <laughs> and um, I'm in a much better place now. <laughs> I really did not like it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- yep. and I'm sorry, everyone, I really am positive. If you haven't heard me before, um, hopefully they'll still shine through. But I, for me, it was the worst thing that Star Wars has ever done. I love the two Jin, Din Djarin episodes. I was here for those. Mm-hmm. And it gave me some really great moments. Um, but I like I like I like when Star Wars digs deeper. That's what I'm into. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not I call it the pew pew pews. I think everybody calls them the pew pew pews. <laughs> I'm not here for that. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But I like the really the spiritual stuff. I'm a i I'm a huge force person. Um mm-hmm. And I just felt this show was for me just felt very surface level. Yeah. And and it, it took away from the character of Boba Fett for me. Like I, I went back and I was watch I was making a YouTube short and I was doing one about Boba Fett and how his like attire changed. And um I'm going back and <laughs> looking at those old old uh scenes and I'm like, man, this dude's sucks he's boring he's slow he's old and that that was like just out of the sarlacc pit Mm. and i don't think we we never got a a true reason why he was that way we never got to truly experience him and the and his character arcs nothing that was specifically to him yep and then we got i like my favorite star wars ever were those two mandalore like that first mandalorian episode i think it was episode five Oh my gosh, that was everything I wanted Star Wars to be. And, but I also hate those episodes because it was not Book of Boba Fett. Yep. Like, favorite Star Wars ever, but I also dislike that they had to do that. Like, they knew that they weren't making a strong story. They're like, wait, wait, wait. We got Mando here. <laughs> this is good. It's like 
Boba Fett's the original Mando, and Mando's a stronger character than Boba Fett yep. is. You know, I think I was really, really excited about the show mm-hmm. before it came out. Like, I was so stoked oh, yeah. on it. I'm a a a massive Clone Wars fan. Like, I, I for me, it's the foundation that all of Star Wars sits on. I think it's so mm. good. I love everything about it. And I love what they did with Boba Fett and that. Like, he was really cool. He was really interesting. It was sad. Um Mm-hmm. We we watched it, my husband and I, who had never seen it before, as like a prep for the Book of Boba Fett before it came out. Yeah. And Tom, my husband, was like, oh, I never really saw Boba Fett that way. I actually feel kind of bad for him now. And I'm like, that mm-hmm. that's great. It gave that character yeah. some dimension, right? It was awesome. And I was a really big – I really liked um, – uh, the Bad Batch. I didn't love the mm-hmm. execution everywhere. I think personally yeah. that could have been like chopped in half <laughs> the amount of mm-hmm. episodes. But yeah. I like what was going on underneath everything. So I'm really excited for season two of that. Mm-hmm. But I was I was so stoked for Book of Boba Fett to dig into being a clone and yeah. what that meant. And hoping that maybe they would talk about like his identity as a clone. My there in season two of Mando when he and, B- and Bo Katan meet up and she's like, it's like I've heard your voice a thousand times before. That single line made me so excited for the book. Yeah, and we or were even just the, the the mentioning of being not a real like not a real Mandalorian. Yes, yes. Like that's that's powerful. Yes. <laughs> Did they get into that at all? No. <laughs> I just like. Here's the thing. I know, like you had mentioned earlier, that. You weren't a fan of all this interconnection stuff, and I can totally feel that, but we're getting it. So part mm-hmm. of me is like, well, maybe we will get that through other shows, and we'll start to dig into Boba Fett that way. Maybe if we meet some clones. Yeah, Rex he's a great secondary character, because yeah. like, we saw him and, and Mando, and it was great. Like He was so, he was fast, he was beating the crap out of yes. everybody, and then the book of Boba Fett, he's like, Oh, I need to get the bum back down. It's like, dude, <laughs> seriously, what happened to you? <laughs> and every episode was like, oh, God, come on. I don't know. It was maybe I'm going to like it later, but I've never watched them again. Like, I mm-hmm. usually go watch these things over and over, and I've just had no yeah. interest, which I'm really mm-hmm. disappointed about because I. Yeah. I, I, I would disagree that it is the worst Star Wars we've gotten because, <laughs> in my opinion, that's Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker is a good. Um, <laughs> It's a good buffer to know that I might not like Star Wars. <laughs> Though I've grown to like that more. Than oh, I did. really? Like, oh, God, those, that was hard for me. And that was all on the podcast, right? Like, so we had started mm-hmm. our show right before The Rise of Skywalker came out. And of course, I left going, oh, God, this is the greatest. I was so excited because <laughs> it's a new Star Wars. And then over the course of like three episodes, you could just, I felt like I went through the seven stages of grief along with everybody. And. <laughs> <laughs> then I really did not like it for a while. Now I'm like, I'm warming up to certain things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of our followers love The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Like, love it. Which always makes me feel good because I'm very vocal that I don't like it. But I'm glad yeah. that, like, at least on our show, we can not like something and not push people away. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. proud of that. But the, yeah. talk, talking to some of our listeners and our Steam Queens, I have learned to like the movie more than I did before, which is okay. awesome. That's like the greatest thing mm-hmm. about making yeah. a show. And 
that's the great thing about some discussions that you can have. Like, you can you can maybe not like fully love it as much as mm-hmm. the other person does, but you can come to understand their point of view, which is what Star Wars is all about, is from a certain point of view. Yep. Um, I I just struggle from like the story beats of that movie just what there's no character growth they're reverting everything and they're just trying like oh hey guys we know we did a lot of things to the jedi and ray and we we're going to say that it does not matter who your family is you can change the universe which i love that idea that that storyline is epic so great actually no nepotism wins all the time It's that's funny. See, like I love that part. Like I'm here for that. Uh, M, our another, she's the host on After Dark with us, is a Ray nobody through and through, and I'm like a Ray Skywalker through and through. Okay. So we've had some great conversations about those uh-huh. things. Like, and that's one of the things I love it because you're right. Star Wars mm-hmm. is a lot. Another big part of it is a certain point of view. Like, yeah. one doesn't have to negate the other. Just have a conversation, and mm-hmm. maybe like, isn't it enjoyable? to try on a different hat every once in a while or like buy more than one pair of sunglasses. You know, today I feel like rocking these and put them on (laughs) and watch a movie that way. Like Uh I don't, I don't, I find conversations frustrating when it has to be one is right and one is wrong. Like Mm -hmm. you can both be right. Yeah. (laughs) And that, that's something too, kind of going a little bit deeper on that topic is like, I, have a lot of struggles with Book of Boba Fett, but what I love most about it is we had another thing to discuss. Like, it was so fun talking about it on the podcast and, like, breaking it down. And, well, like, I got really used to Netflix dropping an entire season and binging the whole thing. I started really enjoying going back to the the 90s, 2000s and being a weekly show. Like, it was great to hear everyone talking about the same things. Now I really wish people would stop talking about spoilers so quickly after the show drop. Like, come on, it comes out on win or Tuesday night, and you're already talking about it Wednesday morning. I haven't even. I just woke up. I <laughs> I watch it at night. Stop it. Yeah, it's dude, and it, but it's addictive too. Like uh-huh. those little dopamine hits of a heart. Like you want to get it out there. Like uh-huh. I I understand the urge. A hundred percent. But like, yeah, I'm the same way. Like I kind of like them on Friday. I miss Friday Mm because it seemed very easy to ignore it on the weekend. Yeah. And that's selfish. I'm a dad. So I'm always busy like on the weekends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then I can go back Monday and I'm like, oh, Monday's fine. Uh, Yeah. I want to ask you a question if you don't mind. Yeah. What did you think of Visions? Because that doesn't tie to anything. I do. I love visions. Like I love that they said, "Hey, this is not canon. We're just giving a lot of really talented people the Star Wars license and seeing what they're doing." Yep. So great. I would love that. Like I want more of that. Make video games that are like that. Make comics that are like that. Explore the what ifs. I would love a Star Wars what if. Oh my God! Heck yes. Have you read this this book? I have not. Ronin? I I saw it at Barnes and Noble. I was like, that looks pretty cool. Ronin is one of my favorite books. I am not the smartest person in the world and not the greatest reader, so I will put that out there. For me, it was a very difficult read, but okay. a really enjoyable one. Like, it's mm. one of my favorite Star Wars books. Like, I'll have to pick it up. Uh, I used to be like on top of all the Star Wars books, yeah. but they came out so quickly. I, dude, I worked at a library, and <laughs> yeah. that was the least amount of time I've ever read in my life was when I was working <laughs> At her local public library. Um, 
I like like I'm a, I like the High Republic. It's cool. I I've read more of the mm-hmm. comics because, like you said, there's just too many. So I read mm-hmm. um, Justina Ireland stuff and Claudia Gray stuff. That's who I read. Mm-hmm. And Claudia Gray I like is the comics. such a talented writer too. My favorite. I think I, I think Christy Golden's a really good one too. Mm, yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, but I loved Visions for that same reason. I love that we just mm-hmm. got a bunch of people and it was deep. Like it was. You have an eight minute episode and I'm like, oh God. I still like I still live in a visions world. Like that's mm-hmm. I loved all of them so much. I mean we got a lightsaber umbrella thing. <laughs> like that's just awesome. <laughs> Speaking of lightsaber umbrellas, I'm going to take an opportunity to listen or to talk to another listening group and say justice for flying lightsaber helicopters and Book of Obi-Wan or not Book of Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan Kenobi, give me Mm -hmm. helicopter lightsabers. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) It's so iconic. How can they put the how can they put the Inquisitors there and not do that? (laughs) I'm not saying I necessarily want them to take off in flight because. Mm-hmm. But I would like a George Lucas middle finger moment up where they like jump off something with a spinning light, like <laughs> <the> spinning. <laughs> Give it to me, please. <laughs> Speaking of inquisitors, we were talking. Oh, we, we had this uh, discussion on, on Twitter back and forth about like the topic of the show, and you're like, we got to make sure to talk about Jedi Fallen Order. So, what wh- what do you think of Jedi Fallen Order? Well. Right now, I think I feel bad because I do believe I told you I was going to play it. Mm-hmm. Have I done it? No. Um, I <laughs> bought it for my 40th birthday. I'm going to be, or no, my 41st birthday, and I'm going to be 43 here in a few months. So <laughs> it's still sitting in the shrink wrap. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really savoring it. Let it like, uh, I really am. just let it sit there, marinade. <laughs> I'm going to wait for those mods to come out so I can like play like whatever it is or <laughs> the plugins or whatever you said there. <laughs> um, no, I love Fallen Order. Emma, again, I shout out to Emma, who I keep mentioning today because I love you. But uh, like she loves Fallen Order so much. Chase mm-hmm. loves Fallen Order. Those cutscenes were like amazing. Yeah. Um, and that's part of why I think I've been so reluctant to play it because. I know I'm going to be terrible and it's going to be very frustrating because I'm not going to get just, anywhere. Just turn the uh, difficulty down to the the story one. It's great. Okay. I So I, I played the entire game in one sitting on stream. Seriously? Yes. It took me 16 hours, I think it was. It was quite the time. It would have taken me a lot less. Mm-hmm. But I was playing through on the normal difficulty level, and I wanted not to switch at all. So I spent, I, I probably spent like two hours fighting the final boss battle. And I had I had to change the difficulty level. Like, it was that, like, I I was going so straight through, I wasn't doing a lot of the, the side stuff to unlock any uh, extra equipment or upgrades or anything like that. So I was basically straight storyline wasn't going to do a lot of the side stuff that you can do there to level up your character and get extra unlocks so i get there and like i'm so close like i was two hits away from from defeating her and i was like i died and just silence as i'm there (laughs) contemplating my life just there like what am i doing with my life right now i 
my wife afterwards after i end the stream was like i have never seen you this mad at video games (laughs) (laughs) after six so wait 16 hours and then that was it did you get to go back i mean you can play through it again um (gasps) wait from the beginning yeah so it's it's oh, it's a God. it's a very linear game. So it's a very oh linear God. game. It's a pretty concise story. You do have, uh, you can hop in between different areas. Yeah. But um, I think once you end it, you like end it completely. But oh, that's Trilla, right? I, I, yeah, the, yeah. The seventh sister is that her name? Right? I think the seventh okay. sister. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, honestly, I told my son today, my oldest son. I've now uttered it out loud so it has to be done mm. and i'm feeling inspired right now so i'm gonna watch him play i'm just gonna sit on the couch yeah. and watch him play that's good yeah do that because he's good you know he's 12 i think at mm-hmm. 12 years old you're built to be good at video games i think oh yeah but, uh... <laughs> prime time prime time <laughs> <Yeah>. video game <laughs> so i am excited because i really like cal kestis i like mm-hmm. that story i loved that aspect of Kanan Jarrus's character and we got yeah. a little bit of that you know in Rebels and so I'm excited to really explore because like I said I've seen I know the story I know it but to like mm-hmm. be involved with it and the way Emma speaks of this game is how you're living his life through him and all like it's just the way she, honestly anytime Emma speaks about Star Wars ever it's <laughs> like beautiful um, <laughs> but I'm excited to kind of experience that part of needing to hide yourself and like i said mm-hmm. we do a lot of queer coding on the show and like yeah the idea of the jedi hiding who they are when they were free to be who they were and then a government comes in and takes over who they are like uh, mm-hmm. a lot of us queer people <laughs> yeah can relate to needing to hide who we are or who we were at certain times, especially me. I mean, I came out in the nineties and early two thousands. Mm. like, it was a very different landscape Yeah, and to, for safety, we had to hide who we were sometimes. And so like, I'm excited to explore that journey because mm-hmm. again, that's how I like to get into stars. It's a very personal thing. And I like to experience yeah. him and watch him be able to come out and be comfortable who he is by the end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to, walk that journey with him if that makes sense like it's a super it's a great story and i i I really like that perspective on it too of of because it's it's such a impactful storyline like having this part of you that you just cannot share Mm -hmm. like it's it's super strong and so many people can relate to that um and that's what i hope that obi-wan gets really right too is because like i am disappointed when the 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 report came out that they had to rewrite the script because it was too depressing and dark. I'm like, oh, that's what I want, though. I want, like, because, like, if you think about it, Obi-Wan, his religion, gone, wiped off the face of the planet. He is now in hiding. He cannot fully realize himself. It is depressing. The Empire is going around claiming planets, killing Jedi, taking all of these horrible efforts to retain control of the galaxy it's super early on in that transition and he is there trying to protect luke and you have to be like i hope they get into this is like you as someone who has this power you have a lightsaber you have the force are you gonna sit there and watch this kid or are you gonna try to help make the universe better 
Like, I think that's such a, I, I hope one of the villains in this story is himself and a doubt in his abilities. Dude, I'm with you. A hundred percent. Um, I'm excited. I'm really excited for Obi-Wan um, mm-hmm. for lots of reasons. Uh, but Deborah Chow being one of them. Yes, I think, best director in The Mandalorian. Like, yeah, she understands action. Like, mm-hmm. they looked great. She really understands. That's something I walked away with from the Book of Boba Fett, of really appreciating a director who knew how to use the volume. Because I feel mm-hmm. like, like when you watch Bryce Dallas Howard's episode, the first yeah. one with Mando, it felt so big, and Boba mm-hmm. felt, <coughs> excuse me, Boba felt, Boba Fett felt so small, yeah. but like not in a good way. Like I'm here for a very small focused Star mm-hmm. Wars, but like yeah. it just, you, I, they felt limited. If that meant, like yeah. technically, um, so Deborah Chow really knows how to use the volume. She understands action. And she also brought us, and if I remember correctly, the whole ball, the little shifter knob. Yeah. It was like a spur of the moment but decision. And look how important. And like every single Star Wars fan cries every time we see that thing pop out of Mando's <laughs> pocket. We're like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited for yep. that. Um, I'm also excited to see, because Dave Filoni, who I stand major for, and John Favreau are not a part of this. So I feel like we're going to see for the first time what Lucasfilm's vision of Star Wars is. You know, I mm-hmm. love that we got uh, visions, you know, because it was a different perspective. And now yeah. we get to see other people's perspectives and to see what Lucasfilm has learned about Star Wars after making the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be really cool. That's um, a good point. I didn't realize that they weren't a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be, it's going to be very good or very bad for the. <laughs> Lucasfilm being a part of it in that bigger <laughs> uh-huh. regards because I feel 100%. like Dave Filoni and John Favreau they have very opinionated views on Star Wars and that allows them to get stuff out there in the way that we get Mandalorian and I think where Mandalorian season two failed is when Lucas or Disney was like hmm this is really popular People are buying Disney Plus because of this. Let's start throwing all the characters in there. <laughs> so I hopefully we start to see that maybe that universe is theirs and we start to see that kind of interweaving, interconnecting, but we get stuff like Obi-Wan. And ultimately yep. what we're both saying is we want more women in charge of directing Star Wars because they have done the best job with Star Wars. Uh, so far, yeah. Uh-huh. Like that Bryce Dallas Howard episode of Book of Boba Fett, like, bet, like I'm not kidding you. That is my favorite Star Wars thing that has happened in the last 20 years, probably. Oh, my, dude. It was so good. <laughs> like, <laughs> the opening. I, look, the, okay, the I don't know freezer. if you're going to see. Look at my hairs. I'm just thinking about yeah. my hair stand up. I'm so, like, it's so, I, I mean, I can't believe, again, I have loved stars my entire life. I am almost 43 years old. Like, it has been yeah. in my veins for a very, very long time. The fat Din Djarin has become so incredibly important to me. Like, mm-hmm. I, that character is on the same level as, as Luke Skywalker for me. Like, he's so good. When I saw that silhouette pop out, no one had any idea who was coming. Okay, whatever. Uh-huh. Rumors were out there he was going to come. Whatevs. But oh my god, it was just so good. And yeah. then my heart broke when he started slicing and dicing everybody because like, mm-hmm. yes, on the surface it looks cool. This 
this is when Star Wars is top tier for me. Like this is mm-hmm. when everything it's it was choreographed beautifully. The effects were awesome. And for a second the you're like, setting. oh my god. Yes, you're like, oh, he's got the dark saber. This is so rad. And then <laughs> you peel it back. And we knew that Din Djarin wanted to stop that life. Mm-hmm. And he lost his child and went right back to it. And all of a sudden you watch it the second time and it has such a different vibe to yeah. it. I'm like, that is like top tier Star Wars for me. It was so good. Um, like I, I want that in Obi-Wan. And I do think we're still going to get a really sad story. I know mm-hmm. the article you're speaking of, but like, look at Bad Batch. Look at how Bad Batch ended. Yeah. Like it was not a happy ending. Mm-hmm. That actually watching uh, uh, Tapioca City go down on Camino was really um, sad. It was awful. It was mm-hmm. really hard to watch. Um, yeah, but it still ends a little hopeful, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back is one of my favorite endings, and yeah, it's not a good. It's hopeful, but it was not a good ending. So hopefully, mm-hmm. that's kind of the route they take because it can't end well. We know what happens. Yeah. It's not going to be rainbows and lollipops at the end of the story, you know? <laughs> I, I I heard a really good thing, too, that, like, I I have issue with Luke's character in that, in, in Book of Boba Fett, because, like, he's making the same mistakes that, like, did you learn nothing from all of the past experiences of the Jedi? You're making Grogu make this decision, like, you learn nothing. But it does eventually check out someone, uh, I, I can't remember who it, who it was or where I saw it. I think it was on Twitter, but someone was like, the reason that, I think it was, it was, a, it was a comment on one of our podcasts, I believe it was. And then um, they're like, I, the reason, at least in their perspective, that Luke is this way is because he ends up being that really angry guy in The Last Jedi. Like he is still holding so hard to what his belief of the Jedi are, that they are these these people that are like mm. so righteous and believe that they are without fault. So he's going down that same path, which is very different from Legends Luke, where Legends Luke is like, no, they, they failed miserably, mm. and I'm going to try not to make those mistakes again, but I'm going to make some mistakes. Hopefully they're different ones. Yep. Dude. Ah, oh, gosh. My listeners like to tease me how much I do not like Luke Skywalker. Oh, I mean, I love Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he is my hero. But, like, yeah, I had a really hard time watching him take Grogu away at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Like, it was – it's wrong. It's wrong. And, again, like, I watch Star Wars through my own life. And yeah. I think about my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, Din Djarin is a foster dad. And watching – a child who finally, I'm not a, watching a child who for 50 years or so was being raised by a group of people who tell them that I can't really love you because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a world that's more important than you. Yeah. And everything that happened to him there and then have a parent who thought that he could do the same thing because we meet Din and he thinks, uh, whatever. <laughs> and realize that there's something else yeah and then they both really save each other and mm-hmm. there is a connection there and that child grogu finally had a parent mm-hmm. and then that parent not feeling worthy because he's also living under the weight that the jedi are better than everybody else because that was the the stereotype that they wanted to put out there more jedi failings and then our hero 
who we love Luke Skywalker and don't want him to fall down the same path as his dad, Mm -hmm. the first thing we do is he takes away a character from this bond that we loved. And it was really powerful. I love the story choice. Like as a move move fan out and just live in that galaxy and watch my hero fail is really hard. Like I get so upset Mm -hmm. and it's a bit of a joke now, but like I love the story choice. I don't like the reality choice (laughs) as as for Grogu. That makes sense. Like, Uh um, and I feel the same way. Once we see him in book of Boba Fett, like you are taking all of the wrong lessons Mm-hmm. And it's really upsetting to see that. And he's but like, if you uh, think like, about I, I, the the comp out too, where he doesn't even deliver Grogu. Like, dude, you you just got faced with your own <laughs> own problems. Like, you realized how much of a poor decision that was to make him choose. And you're not even gonna take him back. What the heck, dude? I'm not gonna make any fans here on your show, but also Luke Skywalker <laughs> always runs away from everything. I love Luke. Mm-hmm. But he runs away from everything all the time. Even his big epic moment at the end of yeah. Return of the Jedi, he kind of gave up. And he made it Anakin's choice. It was not Luke's mm-hmm. choice. Anakin chose <laughs> to save him. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. But like he Luke has is that's what Yoda tells him. It's always been Luke's struggle. Luke is a hero at yeah. heart, but doesn't always have the backbone to follow mm-hmm. through with it. Unlike his sister. Yeah. who was almost too selfless until she met Luke and Han, mm-hmm. that she pushed through everything, but was also the almost the other side of the Jedi, and almost where some of the decisions Saw Gerrera made. She had more compassion than he did, but like I think her problem was that she only saw the big picture. Yeah, she didn't. She saw the cause, not the people. And Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. sees the people, but not the cause. And I think they're yeah. really, really beautiful balance together as like twins. Um, yeah, I love that. But I agree. I think watching Luke do that at the, I just imagine uh, their relation, their like uh, sibling relationship of uh, you've got Leia working in the rebel, like uh, working in uh, the New Republic like making a name for herself, like making this galaxy great. And you've got the crazy brother out there that's like on this jungle forest building a <laughs> temple with rocks that robots find. <laughs> the contrast. Robot ants. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, again, because uh, he... Luke, Luke's just over there. <laughs> but like, this is what's so amazing. Leia, like, and again, if you are listening and you haven't read Bloodline, read bloodline because it's amazing yeah. but like look at leia she leans into she built a name for herself again in the greater galaxy in the rebellion and she leaned mm-hmm. into that luke kind of fell like fell off the pressure from who yeah. he was and he like ran away i love luke <laughs> so much but he kind of runs <laughs> he got into this really weird religion thing and yeah like that's what i loved about ray like ray was the best of both luke and leia like hmm. she, Luke, you know, I think about Luke. He was forever. He he wanted to be a part of the empire, right? He wanted to go to the school. And then he meets one person. He's like, oh, no, I hate the empire now. But everything was taken away from him. <laughs> every time, like he is met with like despair at every turn. Every time he has an expectation of what something is, it wasn't that. And mm-hmm. that would be really hard to live through that, you know? And 
and I think it's a very realistic. All the choices that he makes are very realistic in a yeah. fairy tale setting, but like they're really realistic. Mm-hmm. And I love that Ray had a very similar background, but instead of running away from things, she runs towards them. And I think what a great way to end the Skywalkers. Like she mm-hmm. really is both Luke and Leia in one person. And I think it's oh, so good. I love Ray. <laughs> That's that's a really interesting take too. Um, not not one that I like. I drew that conclusion with either. So I, yeah. I appreciate that that um, perspective. Yeah, man. I, I, I think that I love that in Star Wars. I love like I don't always want definitive. Like this mm, is the way it is because yeah. it is a fairy tale, and we're supposed to see our. You know, I think it's written to see ourselves, and I call it the helmet all the time. There's so many helmets mm. in Star Wars. Because we should be able to imagine us underneath that helmet. And we bring our experience into those characters. And so Mm -hmm. every single person's view of Star Wars is wholly unique to them and their experience. And that's why I love to share Star Wars. Because it's this this thing that everybody knows Star Wars. They might not be as knee-deep into it as we are. But everybody knows Star Wars. So everybody has a Star Wars story to share. Mm -hmm. And it's a really, for me... And that's one of the things I loved about the podcast and all that is connecting to people through Star Wars. But like, that's just like the door that we walk through so we can all go into yeah. the same room. And then once you're past that, how we watch Star Wars says so much about those people that we may not know and their mm. their life histories and their stories and their views on the world. Like it's, it's a really great gift for me. That's how, yeah, know, so great. I love that so much. I think that is a fantastic place to to call this episode an end because I know we could keep on talking for like the rest of the day for sure. (laughs) What a what a fantastic place to end this episode. Again, thank you so much for joining and coming on the show for our fiftieth episode of the Star Wars Uplink rebrand. It's great. Happy happy fiftieth. Happy fiftieth. The the Saturday Live character. I'm fifty and I'm fabulous, or whatever whatever she says. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. Um, Hopefully, listeners, you still liked it. And I know nothing about your words. So uh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I like your words, Matt. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to this episode of Star Wars Uplink. Links to Brian's stuff and Pink Milk will be in the description. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode here at Star Wars Uplink. Follow on Spotify. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review. Anyway, we'll see you all next week on the show. Thanks for listening. And may the Force be with you.